Now, hear the good news and be not afraid. Good morning. Welcome to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father PJ, good morning. Good morning, Father. Winter time. It is, it is plenty winter. We have <laughs> Anna very nicely visitor today to join us in our show. Could you please introduce our friend? Sure. So we have joining uh, us today as, as, as we uh, pray about and reflect on Catholic schools this week, uh, Mr. Daniel Toll. Uh, Mr. Toll is the, the principal at... Are you ready for it? Christ the King Catholic School. Wow. <laughs> so Daniel and I work very, very closely together, and I'm, um, I'm very pleased to have him on with us this morning. Good morning, Daniel, and welcome. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who made St. Thomas Aquinas outstanding in his zeal for holiness and his study of sacred doctrine, grant us, we pray, that we may understand that he thought and imitate what he accomplished. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever, and the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, um, uh, we, we begin this morning right with the College from St. Thomas Aquinas. We're here smack in the middle of Catholic Schools Week. St. Thomas's Feast was, of course, last Friday, but Catholic Schools Week is always attached to St. Thomas's Feast, either on the front end or the back end, uh, because he's the patron of the Catholic schools. And so, um, I brought Mr. Tolan because our, our schools are so vital and essential to the life of the church, especially um, in, the, in the metro area of the diocese and, uh, and other places as well. And I wanted to bring in uh, somebody sort of boots on the ground who's got a lot of experience in Catholic schools and is really working uh, in some very exciting uh, sort of initiatives, um, not only at Christ the King, but throughout the region and the diocese. So, Mr. Toll, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got into Catholic schools? Yes, well, I was one of the lucky ones who got into Catholic schools because uh, my parents made that choice for me and Good. starting in kindergarten, which was the earliest you could do it in Dyersville. So, um, as we are in the middle of Catholic Schools Week right now, it's just really important that I thank my parents, because without them, I'm probably not a Catholic school administrator today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went to Catholic Elementary, and that was about 26 years ago, and I have literally never left Catholic schools. Um, I decided early on that I was going to be very serious about uh, the concept of vocation, and if God is who he says he is, then our lives must be centered around that fact And so I went to Catholic college, um, became a Catholic school teacher. And the reason I'm in Catholic education is because teaching is my vocation, whether it's coaching, whether it's teaching, whether it's uh, being a teacher as an administrator, that's really what I was created to do. So um, just through a lot of prayer and discerning, I ended up here and I couldn't be more grateful. So you're from the Holy Land of Dyersville. That's right. God's country. (laughs) And and, and, and you went to the... Uh, oldest or second oldest Catholic school west of the Mississippi. Yep, Loris College. Loris College. Um, and uh, and then you, you spent some time here in Des Moines before you were principal at, uh, at Christ the King. What were you doing? I was a math teacher at Dowling Catholic High School um, for four years. I taught summer school theology to incoming freshmen and then uh, did some coaching as well. And then I uh, took my first administrative position as a principal at Columbus Catholic High School in Waterloo. For a couple of years, and now I'm back here at Christ the King in my second year. So studying and wow. uh, teaching and administrative experience um, uh, throughout the state, uh, really dedicated and devoted to Catholic education, and especially Catholic education right here at home, right? Mm-hmm. What, uh, what strikes you most when you walk into a Catholic school, whether it's one of ours or, or in your travels and study? Like, what, what grabs you most immediately? I've been in, uh, you know, even though they've all been in 
Iowa. I've been to small town Catholic schools in Dyersville. Um, big, the biggest Catholic school in Iowa by far, Dowling, and and just many different types of schools. But they're all they're all the same. They all have amazing kids, um, just dedicated teachers. Uh, it's very clear that their parents care, um, and it's objectively true. They're paying money to be there. And it's just a beautiful environment for learning and growing because when you have a school that's centered on Christ, it, it shows in how people go about their daily lives. If we talk to the parents that have been listening to us today, how we can engage them in terms to inspire them to join us at the Catholic schools? That's a, that's a million-dollar question. Right. Um, Almost literally. Yeah. We, you know, we have to, we have to take serious. Our, I think in the future, in present and future, our role as Catholic school administrators and teachers has to go beyond the kids. And the research is pretty clear on this as well. If you want the kids to grow in their faith, you have to be intentional about teaching parents the faith. And then they can see the importance of what you're doing in the school and for their kids. Right. You know, um, one of, uh, one of the, the priests here serving in the diocese who's from India said to me once, he said, you know, Father, you, um, you, because of the way our schools were formed, attached to parishes initially to serve the children of the parishes, he said, you guys have this kind of prejudice that operates when you run the schools. You, you expect everybody to come in and be from a functioning Catholic family and doing all the things at home and whatever. And he said, it clearly isn't what's going on a lot anymore. Uh, he said, we in India, we don't have this expectation at all because uh, there's hardly any Catholics running around. Um, so we don't expect that they're going to come to us Catholic. We just expect that they'll leave so. And it, 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 wow. it is a very different way to very sort of frame approach. the question, which is different, mm-hmm. of course, than saying that we don't have uh, very valuable um, non-Catholic members, both of our faculties and, and, and of our student bodies. That's, it's not about that. But in terms of passing on the faith, the centrality of Catholic identity to everything that we do, whether it's in the preschool or at the college level, um, uh, it, it, it changes everything when, uh, when the purpose of the school is not simply – Parishes have leftover income and they want to do something good with it, but rather – Which is m- definitely not the case. No, of course not. <laughs> um, uh, but, but is, but Politely is, not. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. You, you have extra money for us, Bob? <laughs> Loa, want to give us something? No. Oh, boy. Um, uh, but, um, but it's mission-directed, right? The purpose of the school is to bring people to Christ. Yeah, and, and it's the purpose of the church, and, and you have to be authentic about it and – um, you know, it's true. We, If we're going to operate our schools as Jesus lived, you're going to be inclusive. Christ the King is 25% non-Catholic, mm-hmm. and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And we are teaching them the beauty of, um, you know, Jesus's life and what, what he taught us to do and, the, and just the beauty of Christianity in general. And yes, obviously, in hopes that they will become Catholic, become Christian, but, you know, it's not it's not the necessity, but we are a church of evangelization, and we take that very seriously that you know, we want everybody we encounter to grow closer to Christ. Where, um, what are you proudest of at Christ the King right now? I think we're truly doing God's work. I mean, it's, it's the most gratifying feeling to just be super confident that you are doing what God has called you to do. And you, what you do as a school is completely in line with what the Gospels teach. And we're working our butts off every single day. Our kids are learning. They're growing and we're we're not limiting who we have in our school. We're trying to bring everybody and show them the beauty of what's going on here. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. 
This is a segment about small Catholic innovations that made a huge impact from the OSV Institute for Catholic Innovation. Back when water was difficult to purify, beer was actually the standard drink because the fermentation process killed harmful bacteria. But it wasn't all that tasty and didn't last very long. This is where Catholics upped the ante with two major contributions. The first came from monasteries, where monks needed heartier beers to get them through long periods of fasting. So they experimented with flavorings and techniques to make it more robust. The second contribution came from St. Hildegard von Bingen. She's the first person credited with using hops in beer to preserve it. And it didn't hurt that hops added great flavors, too. So you can thank Catholic Innovation for beer. Learn more about what OSV Institute is doing to inspire and encourage Catholic innovation at osvinstitute.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio comes from Rick Schaefer of Sullivan Auctioneers, LLC. Conducting professional full-service auctions for farmland and farm machinery since 1979. And Sullivan Land Company Real Estate Brokerage, 515-313-5508. SullivanAuctioneers.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, an authorized independent agent for Walmart Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Iowa, an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Learn more at 515-226-2111 or cindyschulte.com. Welcome back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father, at the beginning of our program today, we talk about St. Thomas Aquinas. He is a remarkable teacher, Mm -hmm. very inspirational guy. So what we can say about St. Thomas Aquinas in terms of teaching? So St. Thomas, you know, is, of course, the the universal teacher, the universal doctor of the church, um, uh, and the... uh, the 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 angel of Catholic schools is the is the name that's been attached to him. This is an angel in the metaphysical sense. It just means that he's like the the special patron of the schools. But this is because, like Mr. Toll and I, uh, uh, he was a lifer, right? He he started in Catholic schools when he was four or five, and he never left. Um, and and so uh, he 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 of course had his initial time there as a student, and then ultimately as a teacher, and gave his adult life to teaching in Catholic schools. So, uh, Mr. Toll, reflect with us just if you would on what. What inspires you most about teaching and working in the context of a Catholic school? It's a great question. Teaching, um, you know, I, I go back to fourth grade when I decided I wanted to be a teacher. Um, I, I always thought I was going to play professional basketball. <laughs> wow. tall, you're tall. That yeah. it's, it's not that bad. It's and, not that bad. And then when I realized, you know, I, I think... Uh, I, I always wanted to be a dad, and I, I was like, you know what? I'm, I can be a better dad if I'm not always on the road. So, you know, that's why I'm not in the NBA. It's not because of my <laughs> skills or anything, right? And then I went immediately to my passion for teaching. So I remember very clearly just loving helping others uh, get better at things that I felt pretty strong in or that I enjoyed doing. So whether that was coaching football, teaching math, theology, track, I love sharing my passion with others and hoping that they can get better. Um, and Hopefully they get better than I am at it, right? Um, And doing so in a Catholic school is just appropriate. And that's why I decided to do it. It just makes sense. You know, the the point of teaching, the point of schooling is to prepare kids for their future. And to do so in a way that does not include our creator, the person who gave us this world and our vocation, to to teach someone about their future without teaching, uh, without including the God who gave them the future just does not make sense to me. So it's very important that um, 
that's why I believe Catholic education is so important in one way. We are teaching kids in the appropriate context by including the person who gave them their vocation. And I, I feel so strongly about that. And I'm so blessed to have the role of an educator in that because I think it's one of the most important things we can do to someone is help them find their vocation so that they can ultimately grow closer to God and end up with him in eternity. Because the student expecting always a role model, you know? Yes. And the teacher must be a role model, inspirational person to follow up the steps, you know? Isn't, and, and that's what's great about Thomas Aquinas. Absolutely. It, he was just a beautiful, critical thinker. I mean, his life was like dedicated to learning his himself and trying to prove things about the world in order that he could grow closer to God. And you're going to learn better from people who are also curious about what they're teaching. So, um, you know, that was his greatest strength. And that's why I loved teaching and coaching what I was so passionate about. We say very often on the show, right, that holiness is contagious, that saints make saints. And St. Thomas Aquinas is a great example here, right? Because his great teacher, his mentor in, in life was St. Albert the Great. Um, right. And so, so like his, 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 his sort of high school religion teacher and then later college professor, and this is kind of anachronistic, but it gets the idea across, right, was, 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 was St. Albert. Um, Mr. Toll, who, who's been really significant in your life that way? Who were, who were mentor characters in your own Catholic education that inspired you in the same way? I go back to college. The, the greatest teacher um, I ever had, especially in the theological um, realm was Father Wathier at Loris, um, taught me about, I think he was my teacher for about, or professor for about five different classes at Loris. Mm -hmm. um, just the most amazing man, a great teacher, humble, curious himself, mm -hmm. so wise and, and so inspiring. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to my students to feel the way that he made me and us feel in his classroom where we were not qualified to be talking about the things we were talking <laughs> about, but he made us feel like we were. And that made me want to grow every single day in his presence. So it's very interesting how he chose uh, humility to recognize that obviously the start models are the saints and the good teachers, but at the same time, we can be able to move in, in the same way with humble attitude to receive all those wisdoms, you know? Yes. What, um, so if that's, I, I, I really like that example, not only because I had a similar experience with Father Wathier, but, um, but I, I, I'm especially intrigued by, um, by this dynamism of curious and humble. How do you try and bring sort of intellectual curiosity and, and intellectual humility into your own role as teacher and as administrator? Every day is so different, especially as an administrator. Um, the The routine is that there is no routine. And I think you guys feel that as pastors as well. And if you <laughs> approach any given day with a sense of arrogance that you, you had got this under control, well, God's going to show you that you, you probably don't, right? Completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that we are yeah, completely wrong. The, the appropriate way to approach every single day is with that curiosity, is with that humility, because you just don't know what's coming. But in order to for your institution to continue to grow that you're fortunate to lead, you have to continue looking for better ways to do what you're doing. The world right. is changing and, um, you know, we're preparing kids for a future that doesn't exist yet. So you have to be humble and curious about the role you're in, especially in education when you're you're doing a lot of projecting. I'm really curious about that. I'm glad you said that, right? Because you, one of the things that strikes me most about um, what I've seen in you, your own gifts and charisms, uh, 
is um, you really see – I'm putting words in your mouth, but you've said them, so I feel comfortable <laughs> doing so. Um, right, the, 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 that a Catholic school really is a sort of um, a place of discernment. It's a place of discernment for the administrator and the teachers. Um, uh, as I've seen you work with teachers, you really are helping them discern the best decisions for themselves so that they can become the best whatever it is they are. But that for our kids, really teaching those skills of discernment early on, how do you see discernment as a kind of key for understanding what it is we're trying to do in our schools? It's it's almost um, – I think it's what traditional schooling may have gotten wrong and, and what we're trying to get back to in some ways. We have to teach the value of um, really just slowing down, digging deep discerning why is what I'm learning important. You know, I was a math teacher. You get that question a lot if you're not careful, right? <laughs> why am I learning this? Well, um, you have to know those answers and they go beyond the actual problems. And uh, we have to uh, take the time to discern, not rely so much on test scores and this and that. Really, what is it that we're trying to do as schools? And can we start to frame our education around that concept of you know, being like Thomas Aquinas, really digging in to one thing uh, as much as possible. Who is God and what does he want from me? Exactly. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by Knights of Columbus agent Mike Borman with the Borman Agency. Offering life insurance, annuities, long-term care, and disability insurance, the Knights of Columbus is a fraternal benefit society able to provide financial security to members and their families. Learn how Knights of Columbus agent Mike Borman can help, 563-689-6801. Knights of Columbus agent Mike Borman, 563-689-6801. Thank you to the Borman Agency for supporting Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by the Society of St. Vincent de Paul. Established in Des Moines in 1924, St. Vincent de Paul assists those living in poverty to become self-sufficient by helping to remove roadblocks on their journey out of poverty. St. Vincent de Paul helps with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner reentry. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. The Society of St. Vincent de Paul, svdpdsm.org. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio is provided by the Sarah Vocations Ministry, including the St. Sarah Club of Des Moines and the Sarah Club of Council Bluffs. Sarah is an apostolate of the Worldwide Catholic Church dedicated to fostering and supporting priesthood and religious vocations. Sarans strive to accomplish their mission through prayer, fellowship, and service to the bishop, priests, sisters, and all in religious formation, and in doing so to increase their own holiness. Learn more at joinsarah.org, join S-E-R-R-A.org. Thank you, Sarans, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio provided by Blessman International. According to a global food security report, more than 820 million people in the world are hungry today. None of us can help them all, but how about one? One child. Blessman International provides 60,000 children in South Africa with a daily hot meal, place of safety, educational experience, and spiritual development. Learn more at BlessmanInternational.org. That's BlessmanInternational.org. Thank you, Blessman International, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Back to Be Not Afraid, Iowa Catholic Radio. Father, we are moving into the fifth Sunday of Ordinary Time and in a very delightful connection between the gospel for this coming Sunday, St. Thomas Aquinas also enlightened us to understand beautifully this part of the gospel that came from St. Luke chapter 5, 
verses 1 to 11. While the crowd was pressing in on Jesus and listening to the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. He saw two boats there alongside the lake. The fishermen had disembarked and were washing their nets. Getting into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, he asked him to put out a short distance from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. After he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water, lower your nets for a catch. Simon said in reply, Master, we have worked hard all night and we have caught nothing, but at your command, I will lower the nets. When they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were tearing. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come help them. They came and filled both boats so that the boats were in danger of sinking. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at the knees of Jesus and said, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For astonishment at the catch of fish they had made seized him and all those with him. And likewise, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners of Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the shore, they left everything and they followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, um, you know, this was a favorite passage of uh, the late uh, St. John Paul the Great. Um, and he frequently used it in his admonitions to the young. Put out into deep water and lower your nets for a catch. Mr. Toll, can we help inspire our children and our parents, maybe especially, to put into deeper waters, to not stay at the shallow end of the pool? This this gospel is is so great, especially to think about in the context of education. It, if you want to rephrase the gospel, it's almost like, God, I'm working as hard as I possibly can um, to to do exactly this, and I've gotten nowhere. And he's like, Well, where was I in the picture? You know, you didn't include me. Do the same thing, but now that you've included me, you know, let's let's try again. And boom, caught every, more than they could ever want. And that's such a good lesson to us. If we include God in what we are doing and stay rooted in that identity as um, made in his image and never lose sight of that, no matter what happens, no matter what obstacles we face, we can just trust him and know that things will be okay. The master said literally, be not afraid. Right. Be not afraid. I've heard that someplace. (laughs) Oh, oh, show. Right, right. You know, one of the things I really like about this passage is it it really cuts at the heart of the dynamic of prayer, which is, of course, one of our our main goals in Catholic schools, not only to teach the children their prayers in the sense of the rote prayers that are, of course, an important part of the tradition, but – um, but to pray, to have an ongoing dialogue with God, right? Um, so, you know, the, the, the disciples have been working. The, the, the guys are out in the boats, um, and they're not inclined to go where Jesus is telling them. Like, they think they've already done it. Right, right. So they wouldn't go there without God including himself in the picture, as it were, without them bringing God into the story. And once that happens, they wind up going to a place they wouldn't otherwise go. Now— we have no reason to believe that um, if they hadn't managed to fish there themselves, they wouldn't also have caught the fish. So it's not a question of God, like, altering the course of future events, but it is a question of God inviting us into the work that he's trying to do for us. So that the, so that what looks like, you know, we can be inspirational about education, like, this is to use your mind and the great dignity of the human person, and that's all true. But the dignity of the human person goes far beyond the capacity for reason or choice. Absolutely. It involves the life of God. It involves a share in the life of God. And here's Jesus literally uh, asking to come out fishing with us. Where else do we think God might be inviting us 
in the ordinary events of life today? Like, where's God asking us to bring him in? You know, I think of myself, and this is where I have room to grow, but I, I hear it a lot. Life is so fast right now that we're all lost. We're confused. We're polarized. We're not taking the time to seek first to understand. Um, our priorities are all messed up. And if if we could just try our best to turn towards God, I think it's as simple as what the gospel was today. Just just try to bring God into our thought process of our daily lives, and a lot of our troubles will either resolve or just not not exist anymore. And I hate to oversimplify my answer, but it could just be that easy. Can I try to find God as much as I try to find satisfaction in the Instagram thread? Absolutely. Unfortunately, this virtualization about the education, this uh, social media create a uh, fast life. Mm. And we miss mm-hmm. the secret about the slow down, cool down, right. wisely manage how we can approach the life yeah. itself, you know? It's so hard to create that space in today's world because, you know, we think our phones are not part of us, but they, they are. We are cyber beings. It, you can call it what you want, but we are cyber beings right now. We have everything at our fingertips. And to to detach from that, to just slow down and create that space for God is a huge challenge. I, I who spend my career in every day in the context of God in a Catholic school, I still struggle with that. So I, I think I'm probably not alone there. One of the wisest priests that I, uh, I've been privileged to know, the late Father Benedict Dashley, um, he used to talk about this transition. He, he died maybe six or seven years ago, and he was almost 100 when he died. So he seen the whole advent of, of, of modern technology. And he used to – he loved the internet. He wasn't a technophobe by a long shot. He was like an old guy mm-hmm. blogging, right? But um, he uh, he talked about – we used earlier the language of curiosity. And, and in earlier times, curiosity was understood as a vice. This is not the same thing as like Curious George. It's not mostly what we talk about in schools. But it's that thing where knowledge isn't ordered. It's, it's, it's what today we think of as internet rabbit holes. It's a kind of random collection of facts, but they're not put together. Um, the wisdom of a traditional math education right here is that, like you, you have to know how to do some things before you can learn other things. Mm-hmm. You have to have algebra before chemistry. Why? Because we don't want you to blow something up? No, but because you can't do an equation unless you have to solve for a variable, right? And that there is an order to knowledge. There's a directionality to what we're doing. And the ultimate direction to which the whole thing is oriented is the person of God in Christ Jesus. Absolutely. Approaching our ending program, Father, could you please with us? May the God of peace grant you the fullness of holiness and the Lord of life be with you always, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Iowa Catholic Radio, be not afraid. Be not afraid. Jesus is on the way to encounter you. Be not afraid is underwritten by Associated Ophthalmologists. 